welcome back to the Purgatory Reading here at DantesComedy.com. And today we have reached the seventh terrace. So this is the last part of the climb. This is also where you have the transition and the final moments of the whole Purgatory proper. And then right before we get into the Garden of Eden. So it's a very joyful terrace or kind of level. And uh, we meet some of kind of Dante's personal... Um, favorite people among poets and we also have this beautiful dream with uh, Leah so it's filled with kind of lightness and brightness and flowers and a joyous feeling of finishing the climb after going through the fire so the literal part is that this is about uh, lust as the topmost vice so it's immediately flames around them when they start walking. Then they meet the souls. They learn about the virtue, which is, which is chastity. And then they talk with two big poets, which is Guido Giunizelli and Arnold Daniel, who is uh, from Provence. And Arnold Daniel is seen as the biggest poet for Dante from the contemporary ones. Giunizelli was one of Dante's friends, and he is seen as, in some ways, the founder of this Dolce Stil Nuovo, meaning like the sweet new style which was also the the new genre that Dante was writing a lot of love poetry especially in his 20s in this in this new way so then they meet the angel of joy and then there's a bit of hesitation because now they had to go through this wall of flames for the final purification and now statues comes last so now the symbolism with the three poets here is changing so now the pilgrim is protected and kind of surrounded by Virgil and statues on both sides. And then they come out of the flames. You have twilight. They see the stars more, more clearly, shining more brightly than ever. Then they fall asleep on the stairs, like they start climbing. And then on the stairs, they fall asleep. There is a dream about Leah, who is collecting flowers. We're going to read a little bit about that. Then they wake up, and Virgil has this final speech to the pilgrim and this kind of crowning moment of the whole journey both of the mountain and from all the way from the beginning of the first book uh, kind of this whole two books almost that where Virgil has been the guide and now he has finished his work so overall themes is that they're being purified through going through the fire and then that Virgil's role as reason and rationality has now been completed and now a different kind of journey will start. So we're going to read now from right after they've been through the fire. And there's so much packed in at the end there with both the dream and this speech from Virgil. So when the twilight comes, they say first that we had not climbed up many steps when I and my two guides knew that the sun had set because my shadow had just disappeared. Before the colors of the vast expanse of the horizon melted into one and night was in possession of the sky, each of us chose a step to make his bed. The nature of the mountain took from us as much the power as the desire to climb. So this is again that they cannot ascend without the light. And now we, this is the end of the third day. So now they again going to fall asleep. And there's this one little touch there when he says um, that beyond that height, little was visible. 
meaning the, they're, they're shut in by the walls of stone. And then, but through the little I could see the stars larger, brighter than they appear to us. So that in a sense is like us as earthly readers <laughs> and him also as the one who is writing the story. So now they've gone through the final fire and now they have reached this new state of, of, uh, of the soul and of the, of the spirit. So now they kind of they see the, the symbolism of the guiding lights and the divine light also in some ways is coming more strong for him. And then he has the dream. So we're going to read the whole dream. It's three tercet to the dream in itself. So he says, I dreamed I saw a young and lovely girl walking within the meadow picking flowers. And as she moved along, she sang these words. If anyone should want to know my name, I am called Leah. And I spent all my time weaving garlands of flowers with my fair hands. To please me when I stand before my mirror. My sister Rachel sits all day long before her own and never moves away. She loves to contemplate her lovely eyes. I love to use my hands to adorn myself. Her joy is in reflection, mine in act. And that is the dream. And this is a symbolic way of talking about the active and the contemplative life with these two sisters who are then from the biblical stories, the two wives of Jacob, and Leah is then the active life and Rachel is the contemplative life. So she sits all day long, metaphorically, before the mirror and just looking at herself. And this is also a way of his, uh, Dante is invoking here, in some ways, the, the divine concept of uh, Aristotle, which is it's defined in the metaphysics of Aristotle as contemplation contemplating itself is is where you can have a little touch and connection to the divine in itself so you can think and then you can reflect on your thinking but if you start reflecting on the nature of your own reflection then that's kind of where you get to the big divine mind in a sense so that's partly what he's alluding to here that she's sitting and just uh, looking at her own or like the reflection is the reflection in the mirror is reflection of thought and contemplation and then she she keeps looking at the contemplation so and then you have the beauty also with just like the the flowers and the garden of flowers and leah as a as a preparation for beatrice which is coming in the garden of eden so this is just like a little bit of a, a flash of a beautiful scenery before the the full <laughs> the full glory and beauty and this uh, immense joy of, of seeing Beatrice and this rain of flowers that is coming very soon. So that is the dream. And then we get what is in some sense the, the big conclusion of everything we read so far when it comes to Virgil and the learning process. So he says here, and this is the end of, um, of chapter 27, uh, when they are on the on the stairs, and then suddenly this this line, Virgil addressed me, fixing his eyes on mine. This is a very strong move with in a poetic sense that now rationality is completely occupying his mind. Kind of <laughs> the eyes of Virgil is fixing his eyes. It's, it's a way of saying that now there's a hundred percent focus on reason. Rationality is now having this 
really direct uh, message that is coming. And we're going to read this one. This is um, five tercets, but it is it sums up so much of the whole work of the Divine Comedy in itself. So Virgil is then saying, You now have seen, my son, the temporal and the eternal fire. You reach the place where my discernment now has reached its end. I led you here with skill and intellect. From here on, let your pleasure be your guide. The narrow ways, the steep are far below. Behold the sun shining upon your brow. Behold the tender grass, the flowers, the trees, which here the earth produces of itself. Until those lovely eyes rejoicing come, which tearful once urged me to come to you, you may sit here or wander as you please. Expect no longer words or signs from me. Now is your will upright, wholesome and free, and not to heed its pleasure would be wrong. I crown and meter you, Lord of yourself. And this is then the moment where the symbolism here is in a practical sense that now, so in order to apprehend and understand and being able to follow into the more mysterious, transcendent, uh, intuitive, poetic, in also in a sense with Beatrice and the theology, there has to be a solid foundation of rationality to be able to discern all the impulses and this kind of confusing mess it could be sometimes if you try to move into the mysterious in itself. So this is why we've been through two books of building this properly. It's like the intellect, the reason and the rationality is foundational and crucial and fundamental as the building foundation. But then when that is built properly, then the pilgrim can follow his his uh, desires, his pleasures, and more his intuitions, because there is, there's already kind of an apparatus built up that will discern and filter and make the right choices. So it's also when he says your will is upright, then again, the will here means the freedom of choosing. So in some ways, what he's saying is now you can actually make the right choices because you learned about all the vices, all the sins, all the mistakes. You also learned about the virtues and kind of those uh, offsetting and, and uh, those things that will both heal the scars, but it would also guide you towards a better, uh, more happy and more constructive life. So therefore, it would now be wrong not to heed its pleasure because now the whole system has been built up. So that is, it, it really ties into the overall argument of for the whole trilogy that going from misery to happiness is about um, going on a journey where you're learning, you get new insights, you have to build up your rationality, and then you can go into what is beyond or outside the limitations of rationality, but not until that point. So um, this is, in a sense, where Dante makes a really strong argument for the necessity and... and uh, kind of the crucial element of reason. Also, when talking about its limitations. So um, that is always kind of this feeling when you get to this point, then the whole climb has finished. You had the beauty of Leah in the dream. The stars are a little bit stronger. And Virgil is just withdrawing. 
Like he will not speak anymore. He will follow a little bit longer, but he will not say anything after this point. So um, if you made it so far in this series, congratulations. Then you've been also through this little <laughs> graduation process at the end with Virgil. And um, now we're just ready for the last part of the purgatory, which is this transition into paradise. But it's just like this little... Um, this place where you get the earthly paradise first is six chapters, but it's a, it's in some sense like a little intermediate book between the purgatory and the paradise. So and it's full of beauty. So um, we're going to have that in the last episode. So this is number fourteen of fifteen. So hope some of this was interesting, some food for thought, and hope it's been a, a illuminating journey so far. And um, then just want to say as always, thank you so much for listening. And see you again next time.